What's going on, FA Nation? Happy Tuesday, and welcome to the newest edition of the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Baseball Podcast presented by Better Sports Network. I am James Grande, joined by Matt Sells, Colby Conway. Matt, every time I come on this podcast with you, because it's always you, because it's never Colby that's I'm doing this with, I always find out, oh, Colby's gone on another trip. He's taken his jet somewhere. Um, so, like, you know, we just have to deal with that, like, once a month, Colby's on a trip somewhere, like, luxurious, and we're just sitting here in the grind, in the in the trenches. Um, what's going on, Matt? How's your foxhole treating you? Because Colby, I mean, Colby's looking down at us, you know, sipping my ties somewhere. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I have – my team has started to turn it around in my fantasy, in my home league. Uh, I have gone from 14th to 5th in the last three weeks. In my home league, which is impressive because there's 18 teams and it's diabolical. Um, it is. It is. It's so hard I can't get anybody that I work with to join the league. So <laughs> I tell you. Um, so hopefully, it, it, you know things keep going well. But I'm I'm doing better, doing better than some, not as well as some others. You know. Prayers out, by the way, to uh, Feltner for the Rockies. Hope his head heals. I don't know right. if you saw that there, Grande. No. Um... He got hit. By a comebacker off the bat of Nick Castellanos at 93 miles an hour, it hit the back of his head and fractured his skull. That is terrible news. And he didn't I... lose consciousness. He was okay. But, like, well, I say okay relatively, but like, yeah. That is terrible news. And nothing but the best for Ryan Feltner and his family. I hope for a speedy recovery because that is, that's pretty brutal. Um, big show on tap here, Matt. Lots of injury news per usual. Lots of, uh, guys that we're going to be taking a look at in terms of stock, stock up, stock down. And then we're going to end a little bit with your prospect, uh, some prospects that have gotten the call, some who may get the call soon. Um, you know, Fantasy Alarm family's own Justin Freeland screaming from the rooftops of Twitter, uh, banging on the door of Elon Musk right now to make sure everyone knows uh, who, who the Mets need to call up. So we'll get there. Little tease for you, but let's hop into some injuries first, Matt. Um, big news out of Tampa, a weekly news story out of Tampa uh, at this point. Another starting pitcher down for the count, Drew Rasmussen, who was absolutely filthy against the Yankees. And then <laughs> the next day, literally the next day, he is placed uh, on the IL with a flexor strain down for two months. What are you doing with Rasmussen? Uh, the Rays just seemingly can't get out of their own way with health. Uh, it doesn't matter. They're still 31 and 11 and best team. Yeah. Um, apparently he did a little too well, right? Yeah. Like his arm, his arm basically broke. Yeah. Two hits um, and seven, two hits, seven innings, uh, no runs allowed, uh, shut down two months the day after. Yeah. It was a little, I mean, you knew it was serious when they put him straight to the 60 day right. IL, right? right. Like, Normally, they'll go 10-day and say, oh, we can wait it out, <laughs> right? I mean, just because it's 10-day doesn't mean he's back. We're now 15, I guess, for pitchers, right? Um, just because they put him on there doesn't mean he's back in 15 days. But to put him straight to the 60 goes, okay, he's out at least two months. You needed to free up a 40-man roster spot because that's the other difference there right. is that it takes him off the 40-man. <sighs> I don't, again, all of this advice is generally predicated on redraft leagues. If you're in a keeper league, you're and you can eat the bench spot, yep. you're keeping them. Dynasty, yep. you're not getting rid of them, right? Same with basically every raised pitcher we've talked about on this podcast. If you're in a redraft and you have an IL, you're holding them. If you don't, I'm dropping them. 
and just take the chance you can get him back when he comes back. Because to me, flexor strain is I'm going to wait this out for two months and then go get Tommy John. Right. Like that's what Walker Bueller did when he yeah. went down last year. He waited. He went down in like July and he was like, eh, maybe I can come back in September. And then middle of September, he goes, no, in about a month, I'm going to go get Tommy John. And I'm like, thanks. Schmuck. You could have done that like two months ago. Right. <laughs> and been back for the end of this year. Right. So uh, I think I'm dropping him if I don't have a spot for him. Yeah. Flexor strain, not good. And like just the timing of it, like, yeah, obviously it was serious the day after he pitches that well. Like, there's obviously something wrong. Um, right. You know, if you don't have the roster spot, drop him. If you do, you know, keep him around. Someone you're going to keep around, although he's been kind of bad, is another pitcher. Uh, this time we're headed out to the NL Central. Uh, Nick Lodolo placed on the IL for the Cincinnati Reds with calf injury. Hadn't been good prior to the injury. Um but he was really good last year. Obviously we all had high hopes. The strikeouts are, you know, what carries Lodolo and Hunter green, like through fantasy seasons. I think that's what we're all hoping for, but what do you make Lodolo? Not only the injury. Cause like no one's dropping him. Like it, right. it, he's been bad. Yes. But like, this is well, a guy. Calf, he should be back. Right. It's, and it's a calf yeah. injury. Right. But like, what do you make? of Lodolo's outlook rest of the season because yeah, like he's a good prospect obviously. And like someone who has a lot of upside, but he pitches in a terrible division pitches or pitches in a terrible ballpark. Um, he hasn't been good this year. Like is Nick Lodolo someone that you'd be willing to float out there in trades and redraft Matt? I know dynasty is different. Um, probably you're definitely holding on to Lodolo, I think, but in redraft, is he someone you're like, during this time while he's out, someone you'd float around in traits? I'm a little torn. So, hey, let me start with this. When he was a prospect, I never thought he would be more than a number three starter okay. on a major league roster. Um, you know, typical lefty, not a huge strikeout rate. Um, I think he got bumped up as a number two in that rotation because of who is in that rotation and who right. isn't in that rotation. Right. Um so, you know, there's that. But the other thing is, I think this break comes at a good time. Apologize for any background noise. My daughter's getting a drink. Um, I think this comes at a good time. He can kind of reset. Like, he came up last year. Nobody really had a book on his tendencies. He can surprise people. Some of his stuff played a little better than maybe it probably should have. Right. And then he comes into this year. People have a book on his tendencies. If he comes in and he's pitching the same way, people have made adjustments. They know what to look for. If he doesn't change, he gets a little bit more hit, right? We see it with a yep. bunch of young pitchers. Josiah Gray for the Nats took a while to do this. Mackenzie Gore is starting to figure it out for the Nats. Um, you know, so I think this break might help him because he can learn a little bit different tendencies and maybe comes back a little better. So I would hold him. I'm not trading because here's the thing. If you trade him now, you're trading low, right? Because if he comes back and he's better, then you've sold him for less than you should have. And if he comes back and he's terrible, you could just drop him. Okay. The, the strikeouts have been pretty awesome since arriving at Major League level. Yeah, you're just not going to get wins and his ratio is right. take a hit because of the ballpark he plays in. Well, the, that's the concerning part for me with Lodolo and like long-term 
Like, yeah, 46% ground ball rate is great, and that's now the second straight year he's been there. Dude, the home runs for Nick Lodolo this year are... He allowed 13 home runs all of last year, Matt. That was 19 starts. Do you know how many home runs he's allowed in seven starts this year? I think it's close to even to that. Ten. Yeah. He leads... That's the most in Major League Baseball as of right now. Um, So... A lot of home runs for for a guy who you know forty seven percent ground ball rate or forty six percent ground ball rate. Now suddenly we're giving up home runs like that's concerning. Um, but like you mentioned, the Josiah Gray point. Maybe we just need to change our pitches out because pitch selection for Josiah Gray has been everything. He stopped throwing the fastball as much, and now he's not giving up forty home runs. Exactly. Here. So um, interesting. Uh, Lodolo just just with what's happening with Lodolo and, and the future. Cause I agree hard to sell now and then watch him flourish. And you're like, Oh, like either one, I could have had him in my, on my own team or two, I could have maximized my trade value. Also trading a dude when he's injured. Isn't going to get you. I mean, yeah, it's a calf, but like wh- why trade him <laughs> when he's injured? You're, you're not getting I agree. It. You're right. You're right. Um, with that, we go on to two guys who have been injured, who are on the cusp of returning. Uh, Jose Altuve uh, reports on Monday from Dusty Baker uh, said he is going right to Double A just to play a few games, and then he is coming right to the big leagues. So um, he is near returning, as is Corey Seager. Um, are you... What's your take on their initial returns? I mean, Altuve is going to be making his season debut. Seager had been really hot before the injury, um, and then he goes down with the injury. Unfortunate. Um, what's your like flavor on both them fantasy-wise rest of season? I think, for me, Seager has more value long-term. Um, the best days of Jose Altuve are probably behind. It's not that he can't be good, but like... I mean, he had a really good year last year, but... I'm with he you. Did, my concern, running. my concern is that a thumb injury saps his power. Like, yeah, and he already doesn't. And he already, how many stolen bases did he have last year? I don't think he had that many. I don't think he ran all that much. He had 18. So that was, I was actually the most since 2017. I guess that's a good sign. But 28, he's had 30. To your point, 31 and 28 home runs the last two years. Oh, over under. 15 home runs for Jose Altuve rest of the year. It's a good number. Um, I would put it slightly over. I'll go with like slightly over 17, but if he's bringing you 17 from second base, it's not like it's. And he's missed two months of the year. Right. He's still going to be. I mean, it's not like he's trash, right? We're not saying that Altuve is. No, no, no. He is. He's going to finish as probably a top five second baseman. Because the position's weak, but right. to me, Seager, I'm less concerned about Seager's injury because you never really expected steals from Seager, right? Right, and it's not going to really affect his power. He was hot when the season started. I think he continues. Yep. Um, for Altuve, you were kind of hoping for that, you know, power speed plus obviously the average. Um but I'm just concerned with the thumb. Like Trey Turner a few years ago broke his, like I think it was 2019, broke his finger bunting early in the year. 
and missed time. And then he came back and he didn't really hit for all that much pop. Like he still stole some bags, but the pop was basically gone because you're hitting without like a key power base. So, hey. so I'm, I'm going to go with Seeger. I'm with you. Um, a act or a uh, there was an activation and an IL at addition for the Giants on Monday. Jock Peterson retroactive to May 13th gets placed in the IL. Mike Yastrzemski activated. Um, I mean, doesn't Peterson doesn't really move a needle for me. Like, doesn't move a needle. Um, you're swapping one guy with pop for another guy with pop, and outfield so deep in fantasy. I, I would you take a flyer on Yastrzemski in I mean, if certain you're formats? Then, then sure. He was okay. He's okay. The problem is, like, I will say he's probably going to bat against lefties because they lost Austin Slater again for the second time this year. Now they have um, Jack Peterson on IL. So, like, they they only use Lamonte Wade really against righties. Like, they kind of probably need Jashemski to against everybody so i think he's i think he's a decent ad um in deeper leagues he's only 12 percent rostered in in espn leagues um obviously he d- doesn't well, he have the best ballpark and wasn't really doing a whole heck of a lot before yeah hitting to hitting 290 with five home runs like that's serviceable it's good good yeah i just right. think i mark him down because it's outfield and it's usually a fairly deep position sure. in in fantasy yeah and and speaking of outfield and we could pivot to our sell high or ride the wave segment here matt uh we have a couple of outfielders we're going to talk about and that's the amazing story of brent rooker uh who minnesota just gave up on and well, Lourdes on, let's be fair three other teams also did too also well i'm just shouting out minnesota because they let they lose me the most money in dfs so I, any shot i could take at minnesota i will um, and then Lourdes Gurriel, Matt, has apparently refound whatever power stroke he lost last year because there was no power. No. Power sapped. He was a good hitter, hit 300 or around 300. No power. Also, T. Oscar uh, Hernandez has found that too for Seattle. But And T. Oscar Hernandez also power sapped. Um, but what do we make of these guys? Are we selling... Uh, like, are we selling the Brent Rooker dream right now? Are we trying to buy as, as high as possible? Um, and Lourdes, too, hit a sixth home run on Monday. Like, what do you make of these two guys? Are you buying or are you selling Rooker and Gurriel? I am selling Rooker for all that he's worth. Like, <laughs> I don't think it's going to stick. Some of his, um, you know, stat cast and advanced numbers don't necessarily bear out that it should hold. Also, his career, like, if he had this power, why would anybody give up? Like, is he a post, 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 post hype guy? Like, I don't think so. I think it's just a hot month in Oakland and something had to go right for the A's after all the, you know, moving and the the sell the team signs on national television and, you know, all that good stuff. So I'm going to sell... Brent Rooker, and if it bites me, oh well. Like that one, I'm fine with it biting me, right? I'm going to buy Lourdes though, because I really do think that it's back. I also, by the way, trust the Diamondbacks' offense a lot more than I trust 
I love, dude. They're like my favorite team in the NFL. It's, it's amazing to watch that offense. Um, by the way, Oakland's minor league teams score more runs than their major league teams. They had four different affiliates for <laughs> 13 or more runs yesterday. Uh, Oakland did that in like an entire week at the major league. <laughs> um, so I am selling the ever-loving daylights out of Brent Rooker and uh, buying Lourdes Gurriel. I mean, I'm not going to go hog wild for Lourdes, but um, if somebody wants to give you Lourdes from Brent Rooker, fine, I'm taking it. <laughs> I'm so I understand, especially when I t- like when I talk to you about this, right? You are literally in the prospect trenches 24-7. And Brent Rooker is a failed prospect at this point, yeah. who is revitalizing revitalizing his career at 28. So I know, like, I understand where you're coming from. But there are some things that do suggest that this is maybe a late seat, a late, he's a late bloomer, right? He gets the opportunity in Oakland, right? Okay, just hear me out. Average 308 this year, expected batting average, 299. His slug, 650. That's astronomical. Obviously, I think we all understand that that's going to drip. That's going to drop. He's in a terrible hitting environment in Oakland. 621 expected slug. His WOBA, 446. Can I offer you a 437 expected WOBA? And then you talk about the barrels. He has 18 barrels already this year, which is hurting the most of his career, by the way. It's hilarious. His 22% barrel rate, fourth highest mark in the in, per, in professional baseball. All of baseball. Matt Chapman, Aaron Judge, Sean Murphy, Brent Rooker. And I understand, like, I'm not, like, I'm not sitting here, like, being a barrel bro, okay? I'm not like, yo, did you see those barrels, dude? Like, no. But those are pretty good names, pretty good company to be around when all of your other peripheral stats suggest Hey, maybe this is just who this guy is this year. I'm completely on board selling Brent Rooker in dynasty formats. 100%. Sell whatever you can. I'm not so sure I'm selling Brent Rooker in redraft. Honestly, I, I think I'm buying Brent Rooker, and I would be the person on the receiving end of the Lourdes Gurriel trade, but... I also want to buy Lourdes Gurriel because the power also looks like it's back. Um, he has a great environment. Not to say Toronto wasn't a great environment for power, but like he's all he's given us multiple years of 20 home runs. Like he, it, it just evaporated out of thin air, right? Like, like it's like now Cody Bellinger, like he his seemingly skills just evaporated. No, they're back. It just Sometimes bad years happen, and here we are with Lourdes Gurriel. He had a 108 ISO last year, Matt. 211 this year, third highest mark of his career. Um, 519 slug, third highest mark of his career after 400 last year. Like The dude is not only, again, hitting, which he hit 291 last year. He's back to 308. So I'm buying both uh, Gurriel and Brent Rooker. And again, I'm, I'm okay if you want to sell Brent Rooker in dynasty, I just kind of like, I, I just, 
there's something going on where everything just kind of checks out for this guy. Like, just... I mean, okay, but my my only retort to that is his best season ever combined was 29 homers between AAA <laughs> and MLB in 2021. Right. 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 He had 28 last year in El Paso for San Diego and then Omaha for Kansas City, both in the uh, Pacific Coast League, which is a hitter haven. Okay, at AAA. He had 22 in one season in 2018, AA at 14 in 2019. So my concern is if his career high in hitter-friendly environments in the PCL is 29, and he's at 11 in 35 games. That's a quarter of the way through the season. He's not hitting 45 home runs. I mean, he's don't tell like, that to Brent Rooker. Don't tell that to Brent Rooker. Like, don't tell that to Brent Rooker. He's not hitting 45. He's not coming. Yeah, sure, as a prospect, did the power grade out is 60? Yeah, I'll give him that. But the contact has never been there to actually generate that power. Otherwise... Four previous organizations would not have given up on this guy, and Oakland signed him for a minor league, like a major league minimum contract, right? My concern is that if people hold on to him and he comes back down to earth, and let's say he finishes the year at 22 homers and a 260 average, he's going to tank your stuff the rest of the year. If he plays 150 games this year, yeah, he's hitting 30 home. He's hitting 30 home runs. I'm not so sure. the The thing too that I kind of like about Rooker is, sure, he's going to strike out, but like that's not something we're like right now. His home run with. to fly ball rate is 29. percent Yeah, I mean he's insane. He he's he's out of his mind. But the 45% fly ball rate he has kind of plays. Like, his career mark is 39. So, like, even if that were to dip a bit, 30 home runs is, like, in the cards. He's walking a lot. A lot. 15% walk rate. The 15% walk rate to 24% strikeout rate is, like, a pretty good discrepancy. I, like, dude, I'm telling you, like, I understand. I really do that. This is like a very rare occurrence. Like a guy who is 28 years old and has been on four franchises just suddenly is good. But it could happen. And it looks like it is. And in redraft, if like, I guess it depends on like where the the value is. Like if you're the one selling Brent Rooker, you're obviously going to take a lot less than I would take for Brent Rooker, okay. right? Because you value him differently than I do. Let, let's, we, we, let's let's just spend like another another like few seconds on Rooker just so we can uh, what happens if get he to a gets couple midseason? Because you know for a fact if he keeps this up, Oakland is dumping him. I mean, that's obviously that's a concern because he's probably not going to play. He's pro- he's been good against both splits, so like I can't even sit here and say like he's not going to play against righties or he's not going to play against lefties because he's just hitting everybody right. Like he's he's hitting over three hundred. He has eleven home runs. He has done more damage against lefties, so maybe he loses out on the split. Yes, that could be concerning. 
Um, that's a, and you know what, that, that's where we can move on from because that's an obvious, that's an obvious possibility. Anyone that Oakland, anything that, anything that purrs in Oakland, it could be gone, right? Like literally anything. anything. With legs will move. Yeah. Anything with the legs will move. Um, speaking of moving legs here, Matt, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez moving the legs, the arms, the brain, the, he has been unbelievable. I was harassed at Fantasy Alarm Zone, John and Pemba's wedding this weekend for dropping Eduardo Rodriguez uh, after two starts this year. I was around a bunch of Red Sox fans that obviously jumped on the idea of picking up Eduardo Rodriguez in a uh, 14-team redraft league. Um, And Bryce Elder of the Braves. What do you make of Erod's just whatever is happening? Out-of-body experience, I guess we can call it. And Bryce Elder's uh, burst on the scene. Are you selling or buying uh, Rodriguez and Elder? Uh, I would buy Rodriguez. I think this is what the Tigers signed him to be. Like we saw when he stayed healthy in Boston, we saw glimpses of this, right? I think everybody expected him to do this. And then the knee. Well, this is different. Well, this is different. Whatever's happening with Eduardo Rodriguez right now is literally like something that's never happened before. (laughs) Well, I mean, everybody. Dude, has... He has been. This stretch that he is on is something. I mean, we're talking about he allowed seven earned runs in his first two starts. He's allowed two since. Two in his next six starts. I get it that everyone has, like, we just saw the gallon streak, like 29 innings. This is Eduardo Rodriguez we're talking about, like a good pitcher that has had a long kind of crappy history of injuries, right? Like he had the heart, he had the heart defect. And like, that was obviously a big thing. And last year he just kind of disappeared. We don't know where he went. Nobody knows where he went, but this is the best he's ever pitched. Well, I mean, yeah, there's no, <laughs> I mean, agreed. Tour turn runs over his last six starts. Like that. We're not expecting to go like that the rest of the year right kershaw kershaw in his prime (laughs) i mean okay but his you know his fip is 307 his xfip is 365 those are i mean yeah are they career best sure but we've seen flashes of that in boston right like in 2021 when he made you know he went 13 and 8 over 32 appearances sure the era was 474 his expected ERA was 347. His FIP was 332. His ex-FIP was 343. With, by the way, more strikeouts per nine than he's got right now because it's 8.19, which, you know, respectable. 24.7% K rate is in there with his career best. But uh, the, the reason I like him is the home park is just way too good to not count on, right? Nobody hits in that park. Nobody hits in that park. So I like Eduardo Rodriguez. Bryce Elder, it's hard to discount because the Braves just keep churning dudes out that can somehow just pitch and get people out. 20 and 2. He'll be 20 and 2 by year's end. Um, Like, you know, we, we, we've seen some of these unheralded prospects come up and have really good years. My only concern right. is what happens later in the year. Like, they seem to churn through arms. And when some other guys get healthy and whatnot, they're going to have choices to make. And so, you know, I mean, he's got a spot now 
But if you go to roster resource, they literally list three dudes in the Braves starting rotation. Spencer Strider, Bryce Elder, and Charlie Morton, right? Um, what happens when, like, Max Freed comes back? Maybe. We'll see. Kyle Wright, maybe he comes back. Colby Allard wasn't great, but he's a factor. Um, I don't think Huskar and Noah's ever going to factor into the <laughs> major league rotation again. But there, there are some other guys that they can bring up, like Soroka is coming. Right, Dylan Dodd. Right, he's been pretty decent. Schuster has had a shot. Ian Anderson is still a dude when he comes back. So that's my only concern with Bryce Elder is he's got a spot now, but does he have it all like all season? I know we teased a little prospect report, but we're running short on time. If you do want prospect report, you can head over to fantasyalarm.com and check out Matt's in depth. Uh, breakdown of all prospects every week um tech is top list you can head over to fantasyalarm.com and join the family you go to fantasyalarm.com slash all pro use code mlb50 for 50 percent off the first six months with the company it's i mean it's you can't miss it and because six months right now matt it's may you know what that takes you into that takes you into the middle of football season so um we also have a seven day free trial going along going on at fancyalarm.com right now. So you can check out all those great deals we have going on. You can check out all of Matt's great content. You see the, uh, the at right over there at the salesman. You can check all my content out at the underscore real underscore grande. Uh, next week, Colby will be back. We believe we don't know when he's going to be flying in, in and out, you know, of, uh, of his North Carolina mansion, but uh big shout out to Matt, big shout out to Colby for, you know, uh, fill, let me fill in here uh, behind the ones and twos. Um, big shout out to everyone at FA Nation and the Better Sports Network, and we'll catch you.